Amber Ashfak was growing concerned for her co-worker, Karen Navarra. Karen, who had worked with Amber as a pharmacy technician at Regional Medical Center in San Jose, California, hadn't been known for missing days or even being late in her last 27 years of employment. And yet Amber hadn't heard from her friend despite both calling and texting her. So on September 13th, 2018, Amber would decide she needed to go and check on Karen to make sure everything was okay with the 67-year-old. Instead, what Amber would walk into that afternoon was a horrific scene. Karen was dead. Karen's murder did not make any sense. Karen was a kind woman without any known enemies. Who could have wanted to kill her? The answer is one that would completely shock those working on this case. And like a case we had previously covered on This Story is Nuts, the case of Nikki Vander Hayden, the answer in this case will be found due to a Fitbit. Hi, I'm your host, Missy, and I'm about to take you on a wild ride. Stories with plot twists, shocking endings, and unbelievable truths. Trust me when I tell you that this story is nuts. Seven-year-old Karen Navarra lived with her two cats in San Jose, California. Friends would refer to her as a kind woman who everyone seemed to like. And at 67, she still only lived a few blocks away from her mother Adele and her stepfather Tony Aiello, whom she would often help take care of, since both were in their 90s. She also called her mother every few weeks. She was pretty close with her mother. Karen was also a very loyal employee at the Regional Medical Center, a place where she had worked as a pharmacy technician for the last 27 years. And so when friend and co-worker Amber Ashback hadn't seen or heard from Karen in the last few days, she was growing concerned. And it would be a complete shock on the afternoon of September 13, 2018, when Amber went to check up on her friend and co-worker that she would find her slumped in a chair in the kitchen. She would immediately phone the police, not even sure if her friend was still alive, but also fearing the very worst. When police would enter Karen's home, they too would walk into a brutal scene. Karen had been viciously attacked. Karen was still sitting in the dining room chair, and her legs had been stretched out under her. Her head rested on the back of the chair. There were obvious wounds to the back of her head. Her throat had been slit twice. Her hands were still clutching a flint kitchen knife with an 8-inch blade. The fact that Karen had been holding a knife in her hand immediately suggested to police that Karen had possibly taken her own life. Though, blood splatter, which would normally appear after a throat was slit, was lacking. Therefore, her throat had obviously been slit after her death. Chairs had been knocked over and drawers had been pulled out, but again, they weren't dumped like a usual case of a burglary. And nothing of value was missing from the home either, leading investigators to quickly conclude that the scene was more than likely a staged one. Investigators also noticed a plate on the counter with four slices of pizza on it. 
the main detective on the case, suspecting that Karen maybe had been sharing the pizza with someone else. It was obvious she had been eating the pizza as well at the time of her death, since small pieces of pizza were found at her feet. During an autopsy, the medical examiner would discover that behind Karen's bloodied and mattered hair were several deep and violent injuries to her head, and any one of the blows she had obtained could have been the one to have killed her. Unfortunately, the ME could not establish a time of death for Karen, so when she died or how long she'd even been sitting there, they couldn't say. But detectives saw something that could. Just a few weeks prior to her murder, Karen had started wearing a Fitbit to keep track of her steps at work. Detectives knew that the Fitbit was not only an activity tracker, but that Fitbits also track heart rate. If they could obtain a search warrant to analyze the data on Karen's watch, they could possibly figure out exactly when her heart stopped beating. Investigators would also have to travel the two blocks to Karen's parents' house to give them the devastating news about their daughter. Adele Aiello would sit and stare blankly in shock as she was told about her daughter's death. While her husband, Karen's stepfather Tony Aiello, peeked his head in and out of the room a few times, leaving to grab Kleenex for his wife. Both Tony and Adele were widows who had met at the Save Mart meat counter, and Tony was quick to ask Adele out for coffee that same night. It was convenient to Adele to move in with Tony, who just happened to live only two blocks away from her daughter. The two were pretty close with Karen. Karen still calling and helping taking care of her 92-year-old mother. And Tony would tell detectives that he in fact just recently seen his stepdaughter only a few days prior, on September 8th. He admitted he brought her over pizza and cookies and that she had mentioned having a party with friends later that afternoon. Tony would also claim that the same evening he had in fact seen Karen drive by the couple's home at around 5 p.m. Karen was with someone else in the car, although Tony couldn't see whether or not it was a man or a woman. From here, investigators knew they needed to establish a timeline. They had gotten the warrant for the Fitbit, but only had information that the device had in fact been syncing with the computer desktop, but the computer did not have any information from the Fitbit itself on it. They would need to send the Fitbit in to get more detailed information from the company itself. In the meantime, Police had found a receipt from a local grocery store named Lucky's that was dated September 7, 2018. Watching surveillance video from the store, they watched as Karen shopped. When she paid for her items, she interacted with employees and acted normally, not hesitant or looking over her shoulder, which led investigators to believe that she was not in distress. They watched as she walked out to her vehicle, and as far as they could tell, she was not being followed and nothing out of the ordinary occurred. Police would then watch security footage from a ring camera that a neighbor had across the street. The camera was only set up for movement so they could not get a full picture. However, they were able to spot a gray Toyota Camry, just like the one Tony Ayala had driven, in the driveway at around 3.12, 3.33, and then gone by 3.35 p.m. on the afternoon of September 8th, which is when Tony had said he had brought Karen over pizza and cookies. Tony also claimed to have seen Karen drive by his and Adele's home on September 8th at around 5 p.m. So investigators using yet another surveillance camera. This camera is actually pointed directly at the only street that goes in and out of the neighborhood that Karen had lived in. And it's a street that goes directly in front of the Ayala's home. But investigators don't see Karen's car at 5 p.m. 
so they continued to watch the footage. Hours went by and nothing. There was no sign of Karen Navera on the footage at all. Just as investigators are establishing a timeline with video footage, their Fitbit data finally comes in. According to Karen's Fitbit, she does not take any more steps after 3.13 p.m. Around 3.20 p.m., her heart spikes, and by 3.28 p.m. on the afternoon of September 8th, Karen's heartbeat is no longer recorded. Now investigators not only have a time of death, but they also have a suspect. A 90-year-old retired deli butcher with severe arthritis, an artificial hip and knee, fake teeth, hearing aids, and a pacemaker. And Karen's very own stepfather, Tony Aiello. Police call Tony to Karen's home and arrest him in the driveway on September 25, 2018, for the murder of Karen Navarra. As Tony sits in the interrogation room, police ask him if he knows what a Fitbit is. He doesn't. The interrogation in total takes six hours, with Tony never actually admitting to murder. However, detectives do notice that the 90-year-old, 5-foot-tall man isn't as helpless as they originally assumed. During one of the breaks, Tony gets up, unknowing he is being recorded, and begins stretching and doing general exercises. During another break, Tony begins talking to himself, stating, I'm done. Can't be. I had that raincoat on. Was it open? Shrugging. The raincoat that Tony is referring to is among a few of the items that were found in the Ayala home. They also found blood on a couple of shirts in the clothes hamper, an axe and a butcher meat cleaver, the camel raincoat hidden in a shed, and traces of blood in the sink. Tony would later state that the blood came from him cutting himself. However, no traces of fresh cuts nor healing cuts were found on Tony's body. When the blood was finally able to be tested, it was indeed found to be Karen's blood on the front of the raincoat. So why would Tony Aiello want to kill his own stepdaughter? Though the Aiellos claimed to be doing well financially, it seemed that this was not the actual case. Tony, who had had a daughter from his first marriage, seemed concerned about the transfer of his estate after his own death. And it was also established by detectives that Tony had indeed been struggling and was being denied loans. Adele did have a life insurance policy on her daughter, and Tony had, according to police, probably thought he would receive some of her insurance money. Adele Aiello and Tony's daughter stood by Tony, convinced he was not responsible for the murder of Karen. Tony even had his own theory. Maybe someone was hiding in the house when he brought over the pizza, and the attack had already begun before Karen opened the door, which was how her blood ended up on his jacket. A story prosecutors and detectives didn't believe. They believed that Tony went over to Karen's home with the guise of bringing her pizza, and as she sat at the living room table... She had no idea as Tony came up behind her to strike her in the back of the head. He then staged the entire scene, even slicing her throat twice. A grand jury would find probable cause that Tony Aiello murdered Karen Navarra. But Tony would die on September 10, 2019 from heart failure before justice could ever be served. As always, if you want to talk about this case or any other case that we cover on the show, 
Join the Facebook group. It's facebook.com backslash this story is nuts podcast. And if you have a story suggestion for the show, send me an email at this story is nuts at gmail.com. And I would highly appreciate it if you liked the show. If you go and rate, review, give me some five stars. I would really, really love that. That just helps me out a lot. Helps me get the podcast out. And I would really appreciate that. And I'd appreciate you. So come back next week for an all new episode of This Story Is Nuts, which drops every single Wednesday at midnight. Until then, stay nutty, my friends. Nuts was written and produced by Missy Reese with music by Logan Reese off of Groove